Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Ian, we are at episode 201. Uh, as uh, you may recall, we celebrated episode 200. Uh, for our post-game recap of the uh, that debacle of a game against the Colts, and now we are going to move on to uh, episode 201. We're turning a new leaf, uh, sort of, and I suppose the Broncos are also perhaps turning a new leaf, but we'll get to that turning of a new leaf for the Denver Broncos maybe a little later in the show. Uh, we call are they that, really turning a new leaf, well, or is it the same leaf and they're just turning it over? Well, if it's they're turning a leaf. It is. It is a leaf. It's a. It's a ratty leaf at this point. So, but let's go. Let's actually go ahead and look at uh, some of the the news from today, which is Tuesday trade deadline, and the news I guess is no news, nothing, nada, zip zilch, niente. I don't. I don't know what to say here. There's nothing happened. Well, one thing did happen. Former Broncos quarterback cornerback Akib Talib. Was actually traded from the Rams to Miami. So no matter how bad your Tuesday was, Akib Talib had a worse Tuesday than you did. I honestly did not know that. You are breaking news to me as we record here. 
I had no idea. And I love me some Aki Talee. You know how I feel about Aki Talee. But that's hilarious. His his day went from not great to just awful. But, you know, he gets to go to Miami. It's I'm sure the weather is nice there. Not that it wasn't nice in Los Angeles, but no fires. So there is that. And he is on IR, and I don't think he can come off until week 15. But I think he's going to shoot himself in the ass so that he's on IR the rest of the season to ensure he never plays for the Dolphins. I'm sure he'll, you know what it'll be. It'll just be like he'll, have, like he'll get off the plane and be like, I don't know, I sat funny in my first-class seat, and my back doesn't feel right. And so I, I guess I'm just out for the season, guys. Sorry. Worst-case scenario is if he does get released – Week 15, he ends up in Kansas City. Ooh. Yeah, that's a little scary because week 15 in Kansas City uh, means that he's there for the Chiefs on their playoff run. And let's make no bones about it. They're going to make the playoffs uh, because they play in a week AFC West. I don't know how deep they'll go in the playoffs, but the addition of Aqib Tlaib would help with that. So let's just hope that doesn't happen. That's a way to start us off on a high note. That's <laughs> good stuff, Ian. Thank you. Uh, anyway... So no trades. No Chris Harris Jr. to the Eagles, which is one that we talked about. No Derek Wolf to the whoever else. Uh, the Broncos keep veterans that are probably not going to re-sign with them and get nothing in return. Yay. The only thing potentially positive that comes out of the not dealing of Chris Harris Jr., and I said it on Twitter when it was clear that he wasn't going to be dealt, hopefully – this means that both of them come together and they can agree to a contract that will keep him with the Broncos for the remainder of his career. Because that's the only way it makes sense. And I think there is interest on both sides. Benjamin Albright was one of them. Cecil Lammy was another who said that they think that there is interest on both sides to get a deal done. And the Broncos will have the cap space to do it. They're going to have over $60 million in cap space next year. Wow. That's so a lot. there is... There is the money to make this happen. It's just whether or not there's the interest to. And in terms of if he doesn't come back, obviously Elway and the Broncos are holding out hope for a, a compensatory pick. Well, there's a way to, if you're an opposing team who wants to sign Chris Harris Jr., so Philadelphia, or the team that is notorious for doing this, the New England Patriots, would just sign Chris Harris Jr. to a one-year deal. It's so facto, no comp pick. Ouch. That would be a, a slick way to get that done. They'd probably have to throw a lot of money at him to get it to be a one-year one year deal, but I imagine there are teams out there that consider themselves close enough that they might make that move. What I find fascinating about them not trading Chris Harris Jr., and Derek Wolf as well, but really Chris Harris Jr. is the one that I'm most surprised by, is that there wasn't a team out there that was uh, that considered themselves close enough to make a to make a, a big move, and so they they didn't they didn't give up sort of like give up the bank right. We talked about uh, before we recorded Minka Fitzpatrick going for a first rounder uh, to Pittsburgh. The Broncos I think thought they were going to get something in the neighborhood of a second rounder for Chris Harris Jr. and uh, that didn't happen. So maybe they were holding out for too much. I think that's obviously what happened. I th They were going to hold out for a second round pick. And we talked about this before we started recording. 
the Eagles are, have, are known to, to be a team that's willing to make a big move to get something that they want. Look at what they did with Carson Wentz. So obviously they didn't feel like Chris Harris Jr. was worth giving a second round pick to get. And whether or not you agree with that, because some would argue that the Eagles are a cornerback away from competing in a deep NFC. I mean, the NFC is stacked with good teams. You have the Vikings, you have the Pack, the Packers, you have the Saints, you have the 49ers, you have the Rams, the Cowboys are going to be better, and they were rumored to be in on Jamal Adams with the Jets. And I, I think that's one thing, had the Cowboys made that move to get Adams, the safety with the Jets, I think that probably would have forced the Eagles to make the move for Chris Harris Jr., but the fact that it didn't happen I think they were able to sit back and just probably wait for the offseason to compete with the likes of the Patriots for Chris Harris Jr. Yeah, that's um, that has to be what happened there. And I, I guess the only hope, if you're a, if you're a Bronco fan, is is that the Broncos are going to make a move that will, like you said, uh, allow Chris Harris Jr. to retire a Denver Bronco. Uh, stay stay in Denver for the rest of his career, which would be, uh, I guess it would be great uh, a little bit, but also, I mean, for me, and I think for you as well, it's disappointing that um, they weren't able to continue to build some of that draft capital. And I, I don't want to get into the conversation about whether or not you think it matters to build draft capital with Elway doing the drafting. Uh, that doesn't matter to me. The idea here is if you look at this franchise, you know you just know that they're nowhere near winning uh, enough games to go to the playoffs. We have, for the last few seasons, been um, you know high on them in the offseason and then brought back down to earth, and now here we are back down on earth, and it's just like, all right, here we go again. They did nothing. And I think that's where the frustration should really come in if you're a fan uh, of, of this franchise and have been for a long time, this idea that, nothing got done and so really nothing gets fixed at this point and I'm not saying you could have fixed this season this this season is out the window but you could have uh, started to build for the future a little bit and that to me is what is disappointing about it nothing was going to get done nothing was going to do you know create a situation where the Broncos were going to all of a sudden win a bunch of games but next season the following season you start building i i think that's really the disappointment there happy to have chris harris jr for the rest of the year unless they do something that keeps him with the franchise like a a two or three year deal for him this was a this was a waste of everybody's time the other thing that happened over the course of this week and it's only tuesday is vic fangio announced that joe flacco isn't going to play on sunday and there's potential that he could be put on IR, and I think it makes the most sense at this point to put him on IR if it's going to be five to six weeks. makes no sense to have him come back for the last two games of the season. And there's been a lot of debate about whether or not Joe Flacco is actually hurt. I think he is actually hurt. I think he actually does have a disc problem in his neck that's been bothering him the last two weeks which is what he talked about. It's been an issue for him. We saw it on the sideline that he was getting worked on. Apparently after the game, he could barely turn his head, had trouble putting on his suit. Yeah, well, when you're a statue, it's hard to move your neck around. I, I think that that's probably true. 
So at this point, we've more than likely seen the last of Joe Flacco in a Broncos uniform. Oh, no. But it brings an interesting discussion back. Is it about Joe Flacco mentoring Drew Locke about being on IR? Is that possible? I don't know. I, I was told that he doesn't do that. That's Oh, that's right. I forgot. But he does do it. Oh, it's so confusing. The thing that's confusing is Vic Fangio, John Elway, and the Broncos have put out this talking point that Drew Locke isn't ready. So he can't be the backup quarterback because he's not ready. But he's been medically cleared with his thumb, and it was medically cleared two weeks ago. And coincidentally, that's when he could have started practicing, and the Broncos didn't have him practicing. So he could have been ready. Sure. He could have been practicing, but they decided not to let him practice, so he's not ready. So they're going to continue to kick the can down the road to nowhere again. Meanwhile, playing a quarterback in Brett Rippon, signing him off the practice squad, that Drew Locke was better than in training camp in the preseason, and another quarterback that no one knows anything about other than he played at Arkansas. So there's a connection to Steve Atwater. Hey, so so Steve will be happy about it uh, because, you know, go Arkansas, I guess. Go go Hogs. Is that what they do? Suey, something or other? I don't know. Who cares? I, I thought they were the Razorbacks, but – I but they are they are hot. Isn't a Razorback a type? We should ask Steve. We'll have him on. We'll ask him what a Razorback is. He can explain it to us. Because uh, I, you know, I'm not smart enough to understand it. You, you know what's what's really interesting about this, and I, I really believe this. The problem that the Broncos have at this point is they are paralyzed by their own fear of making a mistake at quarterback, and they have made enough mistakes since the departure of Peyton Manning that you can tell with this particular scenario or this situation that they just don't, they don't even want to make a decision because if you make a decision about Drew Locke, now you are in the, in the realm of making the wrong decision. And so not making a decision and saying, you know what, he's still not available. We didn't let him practice. Uh, You know, like you said, kicking the can down the road, it it allows them to a, a, a small out when it comes to what they're going to do at the quarterback position. It's like, well, you know, Joe Flacco's hurt. We've got this backup here, Brandon Allen, who nobody knows about, and we're going to bring Brett Rippon up because really our, you know, our second-round draft pick isn't ready. They are terrified. They are paralyzed. They have, they have come to a position where they can't make a choice. They can't make a move. They can't make a hard decision because every decision they've made since Peyton Manning retired has been the wrong decision. That's the, that's the long and short of it right there. And I take it as a shorter explanation where they're just morons. <laughs> this is the same group of people that have made all those wrong decisions before. So they obviously haven't learned from those wrong decisions before, and they're continually continuing to make the wrong decision now So they're just morons. I mean, just because you can activate Drew Locke to practice, you allow him to practice two weeks ago, doesn't mean that you activate him off of IR. 
He's just practicing. It doesn't mean that you're making the switch to Drew Locke from Joe Flacco. It just means you're giving your second-round rookie quarterback the chance to practice. Because what we constantly hear is you need reps. You need practice. Oh, and isn't it a coincidence that two weeks later when Joe Flacco is put on IR or, or should be put on IR and not playing against the Browns, what's used to justify not having Drew Locke as the backup is he's not getting reps when he could have been getting those reps the last two weeks, but they've decided not to give him those two reps, two weeks of reps. So it's, it's, uh, it's paralysis induced by moronesis. Moronesis isn't a word, but whatever they wouldn't know anyway, cause they're not smart enough to read. Uh, it, it is, um, it's laughable at this point. I, I think that one of the, the, the worst things they could have done was not have him ready because it, it's not like you're tied to Drew Locke in the same way that you were to Paxton Lynch. This isn't a first-round draft pick. This isn't a guy who you uh, bet the farm on, right? You, this isn't a top-five uh, you know, Sam Darnold, uh, Baker Mayfield-type pick. This is a guy who you could move on from after one season if something were to happen where you felt like, you could get one of those top two or three quarterbacks in the 2020 draft. Or even still, if you were still so bad in 2021, you could get one of the top quarterbacks in 2021, which we all know the direction that I'm leaning on that. And if you don't, it starts with a Trevor and ends with a Lawrence. Uh, and, and so that would be great. I'm not the only one leaning in that direction. So is everybody else and their grandma. But it it is sort of... It's it's this whole notion that uh, they can't they can't make the right choices. They can't make the right choices. They can't make the right choices. And it's just it keeps going. It's cyclical, right? It keeps happening. And to me, that's where you have to if you if you keep making mistakes, which is understandable. Life is all about making mistakes and then learning from those mistakes. If you're if you're going to keep making the same mistake. You're never going to learn from it. This is a huge mistake, but you're not going to learn anything about Drew Locke until he's under center in an actual football game in in the regular season. You know nothing about him at this point. You could have learned something about him. You could have had some information moving forward that would have informed you as to what you need to do in the draft. And instead, Brandon Allen is going to start. A guy who people are are trying to say looks like Paxton Lynch or he looks like uh, Zog from uh, is it Zog Zod Zog I can't remember from the Fifth Element. I, I'm probably gonna get killed for this, but I didn't think that movie was that great. That's just me. I thought that was kind of a dumb movie. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that. Okay, good. Well, now we'll both get killed for that one. Uh, you just jumped right in the murder pool with me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> the thing that is, is important to point out is we're not saying that Drew Locke is the answer at quarterback. We we never said that about Paxton Lynch. But what we're saying again is you have to know. And the only way to know is to give him reps, is to let him practice, is to let him play games. And they're refusing to do it again. Now, granted, Paxton Lynch ended up proving that regardless of how many reps he got, he was never going to be the guy. But they're doing it again now with Drew Locke, a guy that everyone has said needs reps, who is a project, 
who will take time to develop into an NFL quarterback if he does. And they're already failing him by not giving him practice reps when they could have been doing that two weeks ago. You know, it's it's interesting. Why draft a project if you're not going to work on it? I, I think that's really sort of the, the issue I take with it. Why would you draft a guy that you know is a project if you're not going to put the effort into – uh, into actually making him a good quarterback, I, I don't understand that. And so, it, to me, it's 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 a problem on on multiple levels. You have a, a franchise that maybe struggles at evaluating the talent at quarterback, which is probably clear by the people that they've brought in since Peyton Manning retired. Probably struggles at uh, developing quarterbacks because none of the quarterbacks they've developed have been any good since. Peyton Manning left. And also you have a franchise that now has really no idea what to do because they don't trust themselves to make the right decision. So they make a non-decision. Well, he can't play, he can't practice. It's a non-decision. It's a, it's a cop-out. It's an excuse. It's a way to say, yeah, well, we're not really ready. And so we don't have to worry about it. And then you're not, you're not doing anything. And when you're not doing anything, it feels like you're okay. But what it actually means is you're screwing up. And so to me, you have to do something. And this is not something. This is nothing. And and this nothing is going to affect the franchise moving forward for the next, I don't know how many years. I can't even tell you how many years. But I will tell you, I'm a little nervous about where this team and this franchise is going to end up as they move forward. The other aspect of it that bothers me is this whole notion that they're going to put him into a game that will allow him to be confident and succeed, which means that we don't want him to play against the Vikings or the Bills on the road. Why not? You can either play in the NFL or you can't. This whole idea that you have to treat quarterbacks with kid gloves is another aspect that's bothering me about this organization. It's dumb. Think about Kyler Murray. Now, I, I was critical of Kyler Murray heading into last year's draft. But one thing that the Arizona Cardinals have done with Kyler Murray is they've said, he's our starter for better or worse. This is a bad football team, Arizona. They are not good at football. But they keep sending out this little guy to play quarterback because they believe in him and they believe that they have they have tied themselves to him. I, I got a ton of respect for that. You, they may be wrong, I, and I, pro I think they probably will be wrong eventually. But until they find out or until they figure out that he's not the answer, they're going to keep sending him out there. And the only way you find out is by playing him. And so uh, look at what the Bills did with Josh Allen. Look at what uh, the Jets have done with Sam Darnold. Look at what the Browns have done with Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'm not saying Drew Locke is any of those guys. He's not a first-round pick. But they still put them out there, and they, you know, you, you still have to know. You still have to make the effort. Again, this is a this is a no answer, and a no answer as far as giving giving this is a no answer. Making no decision is is a failure. That's an F in my opinion, and that is where this franchise is right now. This is a failing franchise. I think the thing it shows is it isn't so much that they don't trust Drew Locke. They don't trust themselves because Drew Locke had the perfect answer when he was put in front of the media on Tuesday. 
where he said it was an awesome plan. It's the best plan. I'm going to remain confident regardless of how long it takes for me to play. I'm going to trust the process. I love the fact that he gave the, the Bull Durham cliche answer because that's what was needed in that moment to show that he gets it. But I think it shows that the Broncos don't trust themselves. They don't trust themselves that they can put Drew Locke to play against the Vikings or the Bills on the road. Because I have no doubt that Drew Locke would be confident enough to know that he could go in to Minneapolis and and play against the Vikings defense or do it in Buffalo against the Bills mafia, even if some plastic flanges were thrown onto the field. He would still remain confident enough. This shows to me that John Elway and the Broncos don't trust themselves to put Drew Locke on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And that bothers me. It sh- and it should bother you. And and to be quite honest, it really gets us to a point where it looks like this game uh, that they are about to play against the Cleveland Browns could be the passing of a bit of a baton here, or the passing of a torch. Not a good torch, uh, more like a flaming bag of poo on a stick because the Browns have been known for, can I say decades here? Yes. Decades. Since as, they came back in the late 90s. Since they returned to Cleveland, they have been known as a, as a franchise that could not find the answer at quarterback. They just kept failing. They couldn't make the playoffs. They were a losing franchise. And I'm not saying they're having a great season this year. Baker Mayfield is struggling. Uh, there, there are a ton of issues that they are having to deal with. But they are trying to figure it out. They are making decisions. They are, they are using... They're using their young quarterback and and getting him out there and getting him reps and he's the starter and he's our guy and they're a hundred percent behind him and again I know Baker Mayfield was the number one pick in the draft and Drew Locke was not I am not making that comparison I am comparing the two franchises and the way that they have gone about preparing and developing their young quarterbacks and for, for better or worse at this point. I think that you know the Cleveland Browns have passed that passed that flaming bag of poo onto the Broncos, or should I say the Browncos, because that is where this franchise is right now. That's how I feel about it, and I know people are going to complain about the negativity that's coming out. How can you feel positive about what this team is doing at this point? They are the Browncos. Hashtag Browncos country. Ooh, did I just say hashtag? Like I. That's that's bad. I mean, we'll leave it in. For the listeners out there, remember that there's this, the photo that is just, it's burned into my mind about that Cleveland Browns fan with a quarterback jersey. And then it has the list of all the quarterbacks that they have failed to get. That's now the Denver Broncos because there is potential that the Broncos could see three more quarterbacks play this season and behind that offensive line yeah good luck you could Brandon. Go Allen and Rippon on Sunday you could Miles Garrett is going to feast on Garrett Bowles inability to uh it'll be Garrett on Garrett crime uh but he'll he'll feast Ooh, on Garrett Bowles yeah thank oh, you and that's such a disappointment because we could have had Chubb on Chubb crime we again. could have and we didn't get Chubb on Chubb but we could get Garrett on Garrett uh, and that's just the way it is but instead uh, and you know what I want to know? Who is the emergency quarterback? So let's say Brandon Allen goes down, and then and then Brett Ribbon goes down. Who's who's the third guy? Is it Philip Lindsay? Is it 
is it it used to be remember it used to be rod smith rod smith used to be the the emergency quarterback it used to be emmanuel sanders used to be emmanuel sanders he's not going to be there he's going to be playing with san francisco can i throw out a possibility sure garrett Bowles. yeah he can't hold anybody on to everything (laughs) he won't fumble (laughs) just run that old nebraska triple option offense and let garrett Bowles be the quarterback and all he does is hold the ball because bowls through everybody oh and because he holds on and doesn't let go yeah he won't he won't fumble he won't he doesn't hold on loosely (laughs) yeah he won't let go that is the truth that is the truth all right, I guess we have to we have to actually uh, preview the game. So let's go ahead and 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 preview the game. Um, We're gonna flop it out there and expect yeah, it to go. Yeah, I was kind of trying to think of when I could get that in there, and I just I couldn't find a spot. That's uh, what she said. I knew you were gonna get that one in there too. So let's go ahead and let's start with keys to the game, um, just because I, I I think that that's that's probably what we have to do. What's your key to the game? Do whatever it takes to keep Brandon Allen protected. So if that means you have to run it 50 times, do it. Yeah. And make sure that you put in a second offensive lineman next to Garrett Bowles because and, and maybe a tight end. And maybe a tight end, even that might not be enough. Yeah. And then have Andy Janovich like that's the direction he goes all the time. That might help. I like that. Um I I actually think that the the key to the game is that the defense just has to practically pitch a shutout. Right, we talked about this after the the Colts game. The offense was averaging 16 points heading into the Colts game. The defense gave up 15, and the Broncos still lost. They're going to have to give up 13 or fewer. I, I think that's the only way the Broncos win this game is if the defense only allows 13 points uh, or or fewer, and then and then they've get, they've got to score two touchdowns. That's all you got to do: two touchdowns or a touchdown and two field goals, um, and and then at least then at least you're tied, and you'll see what happens in overtime. Uh, but I, I don't see so that to be, happening. So to be clear, you want the defense to score two touchdowns. I think that's the only way they're going to score. Oh, that would be great, right? I'm not making any bold predictions on that, but that would be great. Um, so, yeah, wonderful. Well, who's your player? Let's go players to watch. Let's go uh, offensive players to watch. I I don't want to watch the offense, so I don't think I'm going to throw anybody out there. Maybe Garrett Bowles to see how bad it is. Okay, I'm gonna go the other side though. I'm gonna say uh, Dalton Reisner just as uh, that's your that's your positivity right there. If you have to watch anybody, watch a guy who's gonna be successful. And I think Dalton Reisner continues to be uh, the bright spot on the offensive line. He's the he's the future for the Denver Broncos in that at that position. And so I guess watch him and just remember that whatever else is happening on the field, at least Dalton Reisner is there to block the guy that's in front of him. That's that's all I can think of. Defensively, the other, oh, the you other got positive one? news about Dalton Reisner is it seems like his ankle was okay because there was a, a moment on Sunday against the Colts right. where he was limping off the field. So I'm guessing most of Broncos country was holding their breath when they saw that because the sure. last thing that you can afford to lose is Dalton Reisner. So it, it looks like his ankle is going to be okay and he'll be able to uh, to go on Sunday. So that's. Huge for the Broncos' offensive line because, as you said, that's one of the positives. And and obviously, Cortland Sutton and Phillip Lindsay, I think those are the young bucks that are going to be what propel this offense going forward. And whether or not Sutton uh, Sutton can do anything with Brandon Allen, 
Well, I, guess I don't know anything about Brandon Allen right. other than he went to Arkansas. I know as much about uh, Brandon Allen as I do about Drew Locke as far as how well they can play. So there's that. Um, and that's probably not a good thing. Uh, defensive player to watch? Chris Harris Jr. <laughs> sure. As a celebration that he's still there. Well, and the fact that he, he doesn't have to worry about the trade deadline anymore. So now he can just go out and play football. Right. Yeah. We actually, I mentioned that Chris Harrison and Derek Wolf as uh, this could be the last time. And apparently I was wrong. So uh, take, take that nostalgia and throw it out the window because they're, they're here for the rest of the season. Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to go with Justin Simmons. I got sort of the same concept. Uh, young player that you can tell is going to be uh, kind of the backbone of that secondary for a long time. He's, he's about to get paid. Uh, some of that, some of that uh, cap space is going to head his direction, which is great. And he has played like a pro bowler all season. I, I don't know that he'll make the pro bowl because he pay, plays on a terrible team. But uh, Justin Simmons is a guy who, if you want to watch somebody play football the right way, he's the guy to watch. I agree with that. Uh, it's and what I think. Need, and Tim wrote about this on Monday after the game. He's one of those guys that the Broncos need to extend. Don't even allow him to have any thought of going anywhere. Just get him signed before the end of the season and, and get it over with. Because it's clear to me, I think it's clear to you, I think it's clear to everyone listening and everyone watching the Broncos that Justin Simmons is the leader on defense now and along with Von Miller and Chris Harris Jr. But he's he's the young guy to take over for both of those guys when and if they ever move on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's going to be it, – it, you just have to keep watching them play. And, and you're right. I think Tim was right to write that up. Uh, just don't even give him a chance to see the open market. Just just wrap him up for a while. Uh, that's it, that's what you do when you have a, a safety like that. Just think of Steve Atwater, and, and that's what you do. Um, you got a, a score prediction? I have one. I just wrote it down. I don't know if you saw me doing that, but I did just write down my score prediction. I actually scratched one out and wrote down a different one. I'm going to go with 11-9 Cleveland. Whoa. That's pretty low. That's pretty – 11, that's a weird – What a sa- you got a safety in there somewhere? I do. Wow, I like that. Cleveland gets the safety. That actually makes a lot of sense. Um, I- I'm going to go 15-13 Cleveland. Uh, that 13-point threshold, I don't think the Broncos can cross it. And the defense is going to do – what it can, and I think you, I think if you can go out and get the the Cle- Cleveland Browns kicker, maybe you should do that in fantasy. Because to me, I think they only get field goals. So yeah, five field goals. That's a pretty good day for a kicker. It is a good day for a kicker. Oh, it's not a good day for us though. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break here. We're gonna uh, come back and do a quick wrap around the league games we want to watch, uh, AFC stuff, all that coming up next. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're back uh, after those wonderful, I don't know, commercials or whatever you want to call them. Let's go ahead and do our wrap around the league. Ian, um... The the games in the AFC West, games around the league. What's uh, what are you looking at here? It's fitting that it's it's actually both that it's an NFL, but also AFC West, because the Minnesota Vikings head into Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs have lost their last three home games, and I'm actually going to predict that the Vikings beat the Chiefs. Whoa. And they actually lose their fourth straight home game because the way the Vikings are playing, and not just because I have Delvin Cook on my fantasy team, which but must be nice. He he's playing up there with Chris, Christian McCaffrey in terms of running back Tevin Coleman, who I also have on my fantasy team. Oh my god, you must have scored a ton of points last week. But I, the way the Vikings are playing. I, I, it will be interesting to see if the Kool-Aid man decides to have Patrick Mahomes come back a little earlier than he probably should to avoid losing four straight games. Because if it's Matt Moore again, the Vikings are going to win that game easily. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I agree with you uh, in a sense that the Vikings win that game if Matt Moore is the quarterback. I, I think the Vikings could win that game if if Patrick Mahomes comes back because he's hobbled. And I think it would be stupid to bring him back. The the Chiefs aren't going to lose the AFC West. Let's not No, they're not. Let's not get carried away here. The, the Raiders are bad. The Chargers are bad. The the Broncos are the Browns of of the last few years. So uh, you know to me it's like whatever. Uh they don't don't play him. Get him, get him rested. This isn't. I don't want them to do this. I'd actually rather they played him and he got hurt again. I don't root for guys to get hurt, but I mean, just a little tweak to make him miss a couple games. I, I don't see why you would play Patrick Mahomes until he's fully healthy, knowing that when he comes back, you're gonna be able to probably run the table, get into the playoffs. You may not have the home field advantage, but you still got one of the best teams out there offensively, and and you can make a run. I, I just don't see risking the guy who is clearly the future of your franchise on a, a game that. You don't have to win. They don't have to win this game to get into the playoffs. So I, I think it's silly to risk him. But, you know, I'm not a professional, so what do I know? Um, the the Lions play at the Raiders, though, moving forward on that. Uh, did the Raiders have a chance at beating the Lions? No. No. Okay, so we're, we're in agreement on that one. <laughs> yeah, the Lions have actually been playing pretty well also. So you have to kind of be aware of that. The Lions look like a pretty good team. And then... The Packers play their extra home game against the Chargers in, well, I guess it's Carlsbad, right? It's not really Los Angeles. Yes, and I I actually told you this during the break. I think there's going to be more Packers fans in that soccer stadium than there were Steelers fans, and there were a crap ton of Steelers fans in that stadium. I My bold prediction is that there's going to be 95% Packers fans in that stadium. That's a that's a bold prediction, but also 
I mean, Green Bay fans, they don't want to stay in Green Bay in the wintertime. If you can head on out to California to watch a football game, they're going to do it. So just like Steeler fans, they travel. I mean, they are travelers. It's interesting that the, the franchises that have fans that travel are oftentimes fans that live in places that in the wintertime suck. So Pittsburgh's not great. Uh, Green Bay is awful. Chicago is incredibly cold. Uh, that to me, it's like those are, you know, those are teams that have fans that travel, big fan bases that travel. So, yeah, I see the Chargers losing another one because they lost to the Broncos, so they have to suck. The other two games that are going to be interesting for multiple reasons, but because the main one is they're both undefeated, are the 49ers and the Patriots who are both on the road. The 49ers are at the Cardinals, and then the Patriots are at the Ravens. And that that's typically a very good game because for whatever reason, the Ravens have close games against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And we referenced it uh, earlier in the season on the, on the preseason podcast, that Ravens team with Joe Flacco that probably should have beaten the Patriots in the, in the playoffs that year with that Gary Kubiak was the offensive coordinator the year before he came to the Broncos as the head coach. So it'll be interesting to see what Bill Belichick and the new England defense have in store for Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense. Yeah. And then of course the 49ers who have just that defense is crazy. That, Offense is crazy, and it makes you wonder what could have been had Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo somehow found their way to Denver. Yeah, I uh, I was going to maybe save that conversation for the bye week. I think it's an interesting one. Uh, the the mistakes, mistakes were made, and there's another one I think that we could talk about is the fact that John Elway uh, went with a defensive coach when his defense was fine instead of hiring an offensive coach to fix an offense that was really struggling. That to me is a, another one where you go, you just shake your head. You, you got to wonder what the heck is going on there. Uh, you know what? Another game that I'm kind of interested in is that Texans Jaguars game. It's uh, it's early morning on a, on a Sunday uh, in, I think, are they in London? Is that, is that where that game they is? They are in played, London. Right. Cause Shad Khan or whatever his name is, uh, is trying to get his, he's trying to get the Jaguars to just be in London all the time. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens with the Texans. Like uh, they lost JJ Watt to a, a pectoral uh, tear, and so how you know how do the Texans deal with that? And they're they're a team that could win the AFC South, but with that injury, it could really affect them. And the Colts are are a team against the Steelers this week that uh, could benefit from that because they they're the team that that really probably is the only challenger in the AFC South to the Houston Texans. The other game, and it's not really a game because I don't think it's going to be close. The team that is just so interesting is the Chicago Bears because the year they drafted Mitchell Trubisky was also the year that Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were drafted, and they chose Mitchell Trubisky. So as bad as it is for Broncos fans – at least we don't have that. Yeah, I, I, actually, I had this conversation with my nephew, who is a Bears fan, and and he says he loves Mitchell Trubisky. And, and I said, you know what's interesting about Mitchell Trubisky is he's not as good as Mahomes and he's not as good as Watson. The Bears traded up one spot from three to two to pick him, and they gave up a first-round draft pick for him as well. That, to me, is 
I mean, if you haven't tied, if, if, if that's not tying yourself to a player, I don't know what is, and they really need to move on. He has not been good at all. Just awful, and it's kind of funny. What's funny is it's clear that Matt Nagy has no confidence in him. And we didn't touch on it on on this podcast, but we did it on the post-game co- podcast about how if you want to be aggressive, you have to give your coaches the trust to do it. Right. And it's so interesting to me that Rich Scangarello clearly had no confidence in Joe Flacco to be aggressive. Same with Vic Fangio, who could have overruled Rich Scangarello on that third and five against the Colts, but decided not to. But Fangio did say if they were in fourth and two or fourth and one, they would have gone for it. It, it's, it, it is so clear, even from somebody outside who doesn't really watch the Bears, that Matt Nagy has no confidence or trust in Mitchell Trubisky. Zip, zilch, zero, that's for sure. It's, uh, it, it's, it's kind of funny to be out here and to watch uh, Bears fans just struggle mightily with just how often they are frustrated at the play of their quarterback who, again, they traded up one spot from three to two, gave up a first-round draft pick so that they could get Trubisky instead of Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. That's got to be just an awful place to live. And what about the kicker? (laughs) (laughs) Is it just just pick on Bears time? That's all we have right now is to be able to pick on the Bears. Hey, we're ending it on some positivity. As bad as it is for the Broncos, at least John Elway didn't trade up one spot to get Mitch Trubisky when he could have had Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson and all the kicker mistakes. That's not so bad. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Broncos.